Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome on in. It's another episode of NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Whelan Engineering on the road in the air and around the world. Whelan is trusted to be seen Trusted to be heard and trusted to perform. MRN pit reporter Chris Wilner here in the Concord Studios. Kyle Ricky out in Connecticut where, Kyle, it is race week number two. We'll try it again for the Stafford uh, Napa Spring Sizzler coming up this weekend. You guys ready? It's uh, a bit of a different forecast, I hear, and it's a good one. Yeah, we're ready. Uh, an extra 13 days to prepare at the racetrack. Um, but the forecast much different from 13 days ago where it was all rain and cold. Now it's about 79, 80 degrees and, and sunshine. So we'll take it both Friday and Saturday for, uh, for the Napa Spring Sizzler 51st running of it. Cannot wait. Of course, we're going to talk about that with our guest this week coming up in segment number two, Doug Kobe, who not only picked up a, a, a win here this past weekend in the NASCAR Wheeland Modified National Tour for the Modifieds, but you know what? He's a defending champion of the Spring Sizzler, and he wants to win another one for sure, running for Tommy Baldwin. We'll talk to him about that. Uh, we're going to get into all the racing this week, and of course, we have a slam-packed week as well coming up this week with North, North Wilkesboro and the late models and all the good stuff coming up, including the NASCAR Pinty Series season opener. So, Kyle, let's dive right into the Arkham Nard Series this past weekend. Jesse Love, a new championship favorite, takes over the points lead going back-to-back -back after his Talladega win. He wins at Kansas in the Dawn 150. Uh, impressive run for Jesse, obviously dominating that event versus the heroics of, of Talladega. But what's your, what were your thoughts on the Arca weekend? Yeah, I don't think a huge surprise. Uh, Jesse and that team, they've clicked this year. They're going to be uh, a championship favorite, I think, most of the season. It's only a couple of points over Frankie Munez. I believe two points uh, heading into to this weekend at Nashville. But, um, you know, good race. They got out front. They were the dominant uh, car for most of that event. Also want to give props uh, to last week's guest, Tony Breidinger. Uh, had a good run in the Arkham Art Series race. Backed it up with a top 15 finish in the truck a couple of hours later. So um, good for her, uh, you know, getting comfortable on these bigger racetracks in her second year, I believe, her second full year um, on these high-speed facilities and making her NASCAR National Series debut last weekend, putting a good day together in both the Arkham Art Series and in the Craftsman truck. Absolutely. Congratulations, Jesse Love. Good battle there with Taylor Gray, too, as well. I think that won't be the last time we talk about those yeah. two dueling for wins. Also this weekend, Kyle, in the national slate, the ASA Stars National Tour for the Super Late Models. Uh, round number two after uh, several, several weeks off, over a month off since they ran at Five Flags. The Joe Shear Classic 200. A little bit of drama at the end. We all thought it was Dan Fredrickson who actually did cross the start-finish line first, but it was to be for not being disqualified in technical inspection. So Ty Majeski takes his second Joe Shear Classic win. Uh, the names in this race, pretty incredible too. When you look at Bubba Pollard, not only finishing second, but Johnny Sauter was in the field, Derek Krause, Casey Roderick, and more. Yeah, Casey Roderick, uh, Roderick that is finishing in fourth. Dan Fredrickson, uh, carburetor issue post-race. 
Um, not happy on social media. I can say that. We'll just leave it there. But, uh, you know, he uh, not happy with with the results and how it has been handled in the day since. But, yeah, congratulations to Ty Majeski. I feel like if there's a big super late model race out there anywhere, he's going to be there if he's not in his truck and uh, usually toward the front of the field. Absolutely. So they are now two races in to the 10 race national tour slate. And then uh, before we get to Doug Kobe, let's talk about the modified tour. Kyle Manadnock, the first short track event, uh, true short track event of the year. Of course, we had New Smyrna and Richmond earlier this year for the national tour. The duel at the dog 200, a lot of laps around that quarter mile, 200 for to be exact for uh, Mr. Doug Kobe to take home the win his first of the year, third uh, had three wins last year on the on the kind of partial schedule. Now full time with Tommy Baldwin racing. An impressive run to get around Justin Bonsignor, who's pretty much dominated that racetrack in recent years, and uh, basically cruised to the win. Yeah, Matt Hirschman had some mid race uh, issues. Uh, never could get back to the front. Kobe got out front. What lap thirteen or fourteen? It was very early in the event. Never looked back, holding off last year's champion John McKennedy, Ron Silk, another former champion Austin Beers, and Justin Bonsignor. So um, four champions, four former champions in the top five. Quick race. They rattled it off uh, in a hurry. I believe almost uh, less than an hour. Just four caution flags at a racetrack that traditionally has a lot of long green flag runs. And we'll talk to more uh, about that with Doug here coming up uh, in a little bit and why that occurs at, you know, a quarter mile Manadnock Speedway where you think there's going to be a lot of uh, slam banging, which we usually don't see when the tour goes there. Yeah, absolutely. It was a bit of a shock to me as well, but great racing throughout the field. Of course, you mentioned the champions at the front of the field. So that championship kind of picture starting to paint itself just a little bit. I know it's still very early on in the 19 race season. Again, the largest uh, number of races for the tour in, in, in almost a decade, I think it is. So uh, yeah. still too early to predict, but definitely good to see Doug capture the win. And of course, Tommy Baldwin find himself back in victory lane on the national tour. So without further ado, we, uh, we need to get to, to Doug because we've got so much to talk about, whether it's Manadnock or of course, your home track, Stafford Speedway, coming up with the Spring Sizzler. We'll get to that coming up next. On the flip side of the break, Doug Kobe joins us on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Whelan Engineering. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and warning systems for the automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Whelan products are designed, sourced, and manufactured in America and tested on site to meet the toughest industry standards. Whelan Engineering, manufactured in America for over 70 years. We never left, and we're here to stay. Welcome back into NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Wheelan Engineering. As promised, joining us via Zoom, the Nanoc winner for the NASCAR Wheelan Modified Tour, Doug Kobe. Doug, thanks for hopping on and joining us. Let's go back to Manadnock over the weekend. Uh, first win of the season. Didn't take long for you and Tommy Baldwin to find victory lane uh, in 2023. I know you were part-time last year, but uh, what did this one mean for you to kick off the season race number three with a win? Uh, a couple things. I mean, we started off strong at New Smyrna and Richmond, and I thought we at uh, various points in those two races, we had just absolutely dominant cars and drove away from everybody kind of riding around. And then we got just terrible finishes uh, 
well, fifth isn't terrible at New Smyrna, but it's, uh, you know, we, we just missed the stagger when we all changed tires and we just couldn't really race with the top three or four guys. And then, you know, I think Richmond, we were going to probably finish second to Austin beers. I, I really couldn't stay with him, but just developed an oil leak, uh, the last 20 laps of the race and fell from like second to 13th in the last 10 laps or so. Um, and that's disappointing because we all know in our series that you really can't have too many finishes outside of the top 10 if you want to compete for championships. Uh, the You can have a handful, usually in a 16-race season, and you figure in a 19-race season, maybe you can have three at, at most. Um, but we're uh, we're really looking to stay consistent. And that's why Monadnock was a big deal for us because we we felt like we were putting a car on the track that was ready to win and we just weren't sealing the deal. And then, uh, you know, to get the win at a short track, um, for some reason, I just love winning at the quarter miles. It's, uh, so I don't know, it's just at this stage in my career, at this stage in the game, it's like, they're the toughest to win at because anything can happen on every restart, you know, it's so tight and, you know, one guy knocks you out of the way and you finish eighth, you know, so, um, just a big win for our team and, uh, excited to roll into Stafford this week for an open show. A win on a quarter mile at Monadnock at a racetrack that historically has seen a lot of long green flag runs. I believe a race went there caution free there a couple of years ago, four cautions last week. Um, what promotes that at Monadnock? Uh, you know, a lot of these quarter mile racetracks are full of caution flags, but we don't get that up there. So I think Monadnock, if you equate it to kind of like a road course with what you have to do as a driver, where you are racing the racetrack as much as you're racing the other competitors. And it's a challenging facility with two distinctly different corners, uh, two different throttle applications. Uh, it throws you around on the backstretch because there's so many bumps. If you watch the video of the cars coming into turn three, you know, you can just see how bumpy it is. And then when you really get racing with guys side by side, you know, you can whack the gas wrong and get loose and uh, drive into the guy's nerf bar, uh, you know, but you have to be disciplined there and you have to, uh, you know, squeeze the throttle and and really take care of your equipment. And then at some point the tires give up. So it's like when the tires give up, it's really hard to race with people. And I don't want to say that we all settle in and kind of give up, but I think you settle in and you just wait for a caution because you don't want to use your car up to try to chase somebody down for eighth place. You'd rather just line up in ninth on the next restart and try to gain some spots on restart. So I really think, you know, people string out and, you know, nobody really wants to spin out on their own. So when the leaders are coming by and you're getting lapped at that point, you kind of just say, okay, well, I'm just going to move over and let them go. And, and I've been in that position before. Um, and, and it's just one of those tracks that you're racing the facility. Uh, it's a quick little place, you know, we're getting around there in, in 12 second bracket. Um, and we're just trying to save everything we can. Another reason too, it's 200 laps. Um, I think if it was 125 lap race, you'd see people really leaning on each other from the beginning and 200 laps in a modified on a quarter mile is a long ass race. And you really just have to bide your time, try to get to lap 120, 130. And by 150, hopefully you have something left to go after a win. And uh, luckily for us, we were the only ones with something left, it seemed for the last 40 laps. So that was good. Well, and that, and that takes me to my next, my next question is, you know, you say all that about being patient and having enough at the end. How were you able to do that? Because you got around Justin Bonsignor, I think, early in the race, lap 14, but then you had to manage the race and you guys were just dominant from start to finish. So how were you able to, to not only manage, you know, your tires and things like that, but be so dominant there uh, over the weekend? Well, I mean, 
one thing you can learn from a guy like Matt Hirschman, who uh, is the best at saving on small tracks, is it's a hell of a lot easier to save when you're out front by seven cars than when you're trying to pass guys at lap 100 or lap 110. Uh, so my my strategy, I think Justin, Matt, Silk, I think we all share the same strategy. We've always said it on the little short tracks is that you want to be in control of the race. Uh, you want to make it your race to lose rather than trying to be the guy in the last 15, 20 laps that has, you know, more drive and you pass guys. Um, so for me, I, you know, I, I did want to get the lead early. Um, that was assuming I had a car that wanted to get the lead and, and let me get the lead without, in a sense, using up my stuff. Um, that's the point in time when all of us are just more likely to let somebody go and figure that you'll see them later. Seven, I'll see you in 70 laps when your tires go away and I'll go back by you. So we all share the same strategy. Um, if somebody had pushed me, I probably would have let them go. Um, but I was kind of riding easy enough that I felt like, okay, every restart that comes along, I'll just pick the bottom, try to be in control. Um, Justin, you know, really pressured me on one restart and, uh, you know, was pretty kind to me to let me gather myself up after I hung a hard left on him and uh, decided I wanted to keep the lead. Um, and, and it was just too early, I think he thought to push the issue. And I just knew with the, the last restart with 50 to go, if he got under me, he was going to sail it. So it's different strategy at different times in the race. And you just always have to be thinking about what's next. The event on Saturday promoted once again by Josh Veneta, a longtime promoter up here, formerly from the Thompson Speedway here in Connecticut. Uh, what has Josh brought to the tour the last couple of seasons since JDV Productions has been able to promote a handful of races, I believe three the last couple of seasons on the tour? Oh, man, uh, uh, just a renewed interest in, in having a promoter who treats our races like a promoter should, and that's uh, attracting sponsorship and uh, paired up with with wheel and engineering to add a huge bonus for uh, based on all the wheel in New Hampshire short track cup or, or I don't know the exact wording of it but um, these are short track events at tracks that the tour should be going to and historically we did go to these tracks but then we stopped going and then we would go and then we would stop um, and that was just all based on you know dollars and cents and scheduling and you know the tracks looking at their return and and maybe you know over time you have a rain out here or there and it's just not a great show and and josh really just stepped up to the plate to um you know, put a whole team together of people from marketing and uh, people helping in the stands and people bringing fans around. And uh, I don't know what the details are of how he uh, works his business, uh, but it's a model that's working for him. And uh, to have one guy in charge of, in a sense, three or four tour races um, kind of gives us that anchor that we need on the tour schedule, which we used to have when we would go to Stafford four times and Thompson four times, you always need an anchor on a schedule like ours and you need consistency and you need somebody who's willing to do something years and years on end. And Josh has made that commitment now for, I think three years to continue to work with different facilities for his lease model or whatever it is and bring the tour in. So it's uh, great to have us going to his tracks. I'm a huge fan of Josh and his ability to uh, promote the modifieds from when he was at Thompson until now. And uh, we need guys like him to step up to keep the tour going. Well, you know, momentum is everything. And you picked up, obviously, the win going into the open shows you mentioned at Stafford. Spring Sizzler coming up this weekend, postponed from a couple of weeks ago. 
I mean, you're about to go see Kyle Ricky and and probably the best modified drivers in the world. Obviously, we do that on a weekly basis with the national tour. But what makes the spring sizzler so special to you and, and for you to put that on your schedule when you are a full time uh, wheel and modified tour driver again this year? Yeah, sure. I mean, Stafford's my home track. I have a great relationship with uh, the Arut family uh, going back from when Kyle and I were young pups uh, as announcer and late model ace uh, back in 1996 was my first year, but 97, my first full year in a sense. Um, and so it's my home track and I like to support them and just the changes that they make at their facility to uh, continue to grow it. They are, they've become the cornerstone of short track racing, not just in the Northeast, but maybe all of the country. And that's kind of evolved a whole lot since uh, flow racing has taken over uh, kind of promoting and showing short track races. Now you have people all across the country, probably all across the world watching Stafford Speedway on, on streaming television. And uh, the, the show that they put on is is second to none. Um, there's nobody out there doing a short track program like Stafford. Um, the track gets knocked a lot for maybe the, the type of racing and, you know, tour races. We've had 150 lap tour shows where everybody would say, you know, somebody gets out front and there's no passing. But when you look at the weekly divisions, uh, there's phenomenal racing from top to bottom from the SK modifieds to the street stocks. And um, then, then now you bring the open, modifieds in and it's a different rule package than the tour there are multiple engine combinations uh different carburetors different engine packages and they all work uh to some degree and uh you know now you've got you know just about all the best modified drivers out there competing i think aside from justin bonsignor and if we had ryan priest back that would kind of complete the field and probably make it the, the best you could possibly have going right now. So there's 49 cars entered as of today, I believe. Uh, and I think they're going to start 30 or something like that. So uh, better buckle in for the heat races and the duels on Friday, because there's going to be a lot of guys just trying to get into the show and not have to run the uh, last chance race on Sunday or Saturday. That was going to be my next question is how do you manage this event with the heat races, with the dual races on Friday night? Hopefully you're not in an LCQ on, on Saturday and then the hundred lapper and, you know, the spring sizzler on Saturday evening, you know, how do you, how do you manage all that? It's much different format than what we have seen in prior years, prior to last year when it debuted. Yeah, honestly, I don't even know how you manage it because I don't know how they're going to do heat race lineups and it all depends who's in your heat and where you finish is I think where you line up in your duel and then you've got to manage those tires, which are part of your uh, part of your overall race inventory, you know, you've got those 40 lap tires that then you can use, uh, you know, at some point in the, the race Saturday, if you need to. Um, so I really don't know. I sucked in this race last year. I brought my own car and, uh, it was my older chassis. That's won a lot at Stafford. We didn't have the new car ready. So we were just kind of like bringing a, a knife to a gunfight last year. So it didn't go too well for us. Um, I can assure you that that Tommy's bringing a bullet this weekend. Um, we are bringing the same car that we just won at Monadnock with, and, and that car is called Moneymaker because it's uh, been the one that's won just about everything in the last year, year or so uh, for TBR. And uh, I don't know, man, it's uh, it all depends who's in your heat race and how your how your duel goes. You know, is it 40 laps caution free or is it, you know, tons of heat cycles on the tires and tons of side by side racing on restarts? Um, and then as far as the race goes, I'm just going to, you know, have to see how things pan out and try to be at the front and and hopefully have a great car after we take tires whenever that'll be. But it's uh, it's definitely going to be a spectacle and a show, that's for sure. 
Um, excited to go there. We've got great weather this weekend. So hopefully, uh, you know, fans will show out and pack that place. Uh, it's been a long winter and nice, always nice to kick off the season at Stafford, hopefully in uh, 80 degree weather here this uh, Friday and Saturday. Yeah, Kyle told me the weather forecast and said, wow, that's a big change from what it was two weeks ago. So good to <laughs> yes. see the weather forecast. Mother Nature finally cooperating with us. Um, you yeah. mentioned, obviously, Tommy's going to bring you a rocket ship like he always does. But is there anything that you have experience-wise with all the laps you have at Stafford in, in many different disciplines that maybe will kind of give you an, an edge, especially when we get to the race and um, you know, maybe something that you know about the racetrack or how to attack it that maybe could set yourself apart come race time? Uh, I don't know when it comes down to the top, whoever's running in the top five, ultimately anybody who finds themselves in that position with the best tires at the end of the race is probably going to have the edge. Um, you know, if you've got uh, a good handling car with a big motor in it and you've got fresh, fresher tires, you're probably going to go buy somebody. Um, you know, Matt Hirschman won last year. He does not have a whole ton of experience at the track held off Ryan Priest, who has, you know, as much experience as, as I do there. So it, it really doesn't matter. You just have to have a good car. Um, and for me, I mean, yeah, there's things that I, I might know to do, uh, to make my tires last longer or, or how to just, if I get out front and I can ride around, like I did at Monadnock, that's always, uh, fun to do there, but the track has actually changed quite a bit. Um, you guys wouldn't realize it and the fans wouldn't realize it, but the drivers can tell you that there are, we're putting our cars in places on that racetrack to make passes right now that we never, ever used to do. Uh, and I'm mostly referring to turns three and four down on the flat. Um, you used to be able to get a couple tires on the flat, um, and, and make your passes. And, and I know in the tour races, the last, I don't know, that what was that two years ago, we were all four on the flat and driving forward and getting forward drive where you used to just get so loose if you were all four on the flat. So I don't know. It's uh it's a track that's always changed. Uh, they paved it in 1998 and that's when I uh, won my first late model championship. Cause I picked up on uh, the bottom groove, you know, maybe better than some of the veterans who were used to the old pavement and now it's old pavement. You know, I mean, it's been, it's 25 years on this, this pavement. And uh, that's the equivalent of having a track, back in the nineties, that was last paved in the seventies. You know what I mean? So it's, it's now old pavement and you got to find where, uh, where it wants to let you get grip and drive. And, uh, hopefully I find it. So you're saying the money maker is trying to dethrone big money this weekend at the <laughs> Napa Springs. The money maker is coming for big money. <laughs> there's there's Tommy, the headline right there. There's the headline. Tommy it. wants, Tommy really wants to win that race. Uh, you know, for me, that would be my fifth Sizzler win and it would be with my fourth crew chief uh, and, and fourth different team. So it's not like I won all the other races with, uh, you know, with the same car. And so for me, knowing how important Sizzler history is to modified history overall, if I can get my fifth win with the fourth different car, you know, fourth different car, fourth different crew chief, that's something I don't think anybody's ever done. So uh, lots of reasons to try to go win that race. And uh, $20,000 purse plus lap money is uh, another big reason. And, you know, moneymaker wants the money. So it's, uh, it's going for it. The NASCAR season is here and Toyota racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Kyle Larson brings.
From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's not here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I guess the final question for you, and it was about a year ago at this time, uh, you and Tommy came together. How did that relationship come to be? Uh, well, we're, we are a, a year this week. Uh, yeah. The first time that Tommy called and said, you know, hey, are you interested in driving my car at Riverhead? Because, you know, Jimmy can't make it because his daughter is sick and uh, he doesn't feel like he can get to the track. And I I think he called me on a Tuesday and I told him that if he had called me on Wednesday or Thursday, I would have said no, but I had enough time because he called me Tuesday to, uh, to make it happen. And, you know, it's just been something that's evolved over time. Uh, I've always had a lot of respect for Tommy and, and his father when I raced against him when he was alive. Um, and, and Tommy has, you know, grown to respect me, I think, as a, as a driver. I think he understands me a lot better now. Um, I think a lot of people are starting to understand some of the 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 tactics that I have and some of the communication that I give and the feedback that I give on the car. Um, I've always taken a lot of pride in um, giving accurate feedback and specific spots on the track. And to have a guy with with Tommy's credentials, you know, respect my ability to do that and kind of really trust what I feel in the car. Um, it's a great combination right now. And, um, you know, combinations come and go. They always will. Um, and this is the best fit for both of us right now. And I think uh, the crew's really happy. My sponsor, Mayhew Tools, is excited to have another team, you know, winning with their logo at the track. And, um, you know, it's a great home for me uh, right now. And uh, I hope it continues and we keep winning a lot of races. I have to ask you, too, obviously about a month ago, Tommy got picked up by Rick Ware, Rick Ware Racing to help on the competition side of things uh, on the NASCAR Cup Series. Good to see Tommy back on that side of things. But has that changed uh, his approach at all now having to balance both TBR and, and what he's doing with Rick Ware or have you not really noticed the change? Uh, no change on my side of things. Um, I actually think that the the tour schedule probably takes precedence over everything for him. 
Um, something people don't realize is that in the beginning of the year, you know, Tommy has this crazy travel schedule already planned out. He knows where he's going, where he's staying and where his cars are going because he's literally doing modifieds seven days a week. Uh, he's racing with Luke and Jack this year, his kids in uh, 602 crate mods. He's got Caleb full-time on the Southern modified tour. He's got Michael Christopher running all the tri-track modified races. And he's got me in 19 tour races plus two or three open shows. So this is a guy who's used to this type of schedule. He's leaned on his cup experience from the past to create uh, a complete matrix of where the cars, engines, crew are all going. And it's already done in the beginning of the season. So for him to add in Rick Ware racing responsibilities to this season is like literally a walk in the park for him. Uh, and, and maybe he has changed some things with some of his other commitments, but nothing, uh, nothing on the modified side. Um, you'd probably have to ask the crew guys, maybe if there, <laughs> if there's some different commitments there in the shop, but it's uh, Tommy can handle this. And uh, I have zero questions, zero doubt that we are coming to every race on our portion of the schedule, uh, 120% prepared, ready to go. Uh, and, and this guy wants to win more than anybody right now. And I, I tell him all the time that I just don't know how he's been involved in racing so long with his father and the tour and cup. And he has such a drive still to do it. Um, it's pretty remarkable. And, uh, to, to just know how badly he wants to win at every level uh, shows there's a great future for us at Tommy Baldwin racing, but also I think for Rick Ware racing, I think there's going to be uh, you know, once you get a guy like Tommy in there, there's just going to be a lot of change, I think, and a lot of good things happening. Absolutely. I need to take some multitasking notes from Tommy because I can I maybe balance two things at once. I don't know how he does all that. You don't even understand. And then, and then, you know, a rain out when you have a Stafford rain out and it pushes everything back two yeah. weeks, um, that has completely changed a lot of things with, um, you know, how to get cars prepared now for this big race on a weekend that he was not originally planning on having to race the Sizzler on a Friday and a Saturday, you know, so uh, listen, I just leave that all up to him. And uh, that's one of the reasons why I, I'm so excited to be working with them is uh, to kind of step more into that role of focusing on driving the car, giving feedback and and making it win races. I mean, that's uh, what I'm designed to do. And uh, it's a good fit. Well, before I let you go real quick, I know in, in Victory Lane, you talked about Manadnock, your credit to quarter midgets. Now, as a quarter midget kid myself, growing up when I started my career, how does that translate at Silver City to, to you know, tools and traits that you learned uh, when you run the quarter mile out there at Monadnock? I just thought that was very interesting. And more, more than any the quarter midget kids, more than anybody can even understand uh, as far as being smooth, uh, giving feedback and communicating to your, you know, your handler, your dad at the time. Uh, all of that stuff were things that I learned when I was eight, nine years old, carried it into my later years in quarter midgets to become a, a really what I think solid quarter midget driver um, won a, a ton of races had a lot of respect from people around the country and that's the foundation um, if you if you can uh, we were joking about the light a division which no longer exists but it's a right. menthol powered uh, alcohol powered car and it's like strapping a rocket to your back 
and being 10 years old and you're you're going around a track at five and a half seconds carrying the left front tire three inches off the ground looking at your dad who's your handler in the hot shoot and looking at the lap counter every time by which is 20 feet in the air in the timing tower if you can do that when you're 10 years old you can drive a modified when you're 20 and you know it, it translates it's a great foundation. Uh, we've got the driver development program that my buddy Johnny Morgillo put together uh, with the assistance of Joey Logano and a bunch of Silver City alumni, but he's really the leader of it. Um, and they've got 90 car, 90 driver development cars in the last two years have added to the Silver City weekly uh, car count. So there are about 150 cars or almost 200 cars weekly racing at Silver City, giving all of these kids who are getting their foundation in the sport uh, the opportunity to race a lot of divisions. And when you get kids hooked on racing when they're five, six, seven years old, and that becomes their friends and their family, and then they get to race with their friends and their family in their 20s and 30s, maybe when you're when they're old like me in their 40s, they'll still be lucky enough to be racing. And that's something that has uh, troubled me quite a bit uh, as racing has evolved, is that a lot of young drivers get into the sport and get pushed to the top super fast, and their careers are over before they're 25 years old, and they're done racing. And the whole point for me of racing was a career of longevity and enjoying the sport and enjoying the people. And, and I still race with people that I raced with when I was a kid. Um, and that's, that's exciting for me. So uh, Silver City is building that foundation and hopefully uh, building the short track stars and NASCAR stars of the future. That is so cool. And, and props to you guys and what you do over there too, as, as from one quarter midget veteran uh, to another that's awesome because i still you know get to hang out with tyler courtney and some of the guys on the sprint car tour that i raced with in quarter midgets many many years ago so good stuff well doug best of luck this weekend man out at stafford i know kyle will keep me uh posted on what's going on while i'm out in california but best of luck to you and of course the rest of the uh, national tour schedule this year of course thank you guys uh always love coming on and hopefully uh moneymaker is uh making the money this weekend <laughs> That's right. Moneymaker going after Mr. Money this weekend at Stafford. Doug Kobe <laughs> joining us here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. We've got more coming up, including taking a look at what's on the schedule ahead and much, much more on NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Whelan Engineering. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers and warning systems for the automotive, aviation and mass notification industries worldwide. Whelan products are designed, sourced and manufactured in America and tested on site to meet the toughest industry standards. Whelan Engineering, manufactured in America for over 70 years. We never left and we're here to stay. Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Wheel and Engineering. Hey, Rick, your boy, Doug Kobe, coming after that money. He pretty much just called his shot in that interview. So what do you think? He's got a good opportunity, or will it be a Matt Hirschman that, that goes to for, uh, back to back here? Yeah, no, he's got a good opportunity. You know, that Tommy Baldwin car, every time it shows up at Stafford, no matter who's driving it, is always toward the front of the field. Mike Christopher Jr., uh, who Doug mentioned, uh, will be running some races in that car this season. Um, won a couple of years ago at Stafford. So uh, it'll be, uh, it, it's a great field. He mentioned 49 cars. There's a lot of former champions from all the different tours up here in uh, in New England. A lot of former Stafford winners, Stafford champions. You know, you got guys like Keith Rocco and Todd Owen in the field, uh, SK modified champions looking for their first Sizzler wins. So 
going to be a great event. Uh, wide open. I mean, a lot of people obviously focusing on last year's winner, Matt Hirschman, but uh, you never know what's going to happen over the next uh, couple of days. I know we had our big Stafford preview on last week's episode with Bonsa, but for folks tuning in, they're going, you know, what's the format here this weekend? Give us a rundown of what they can tune into on Flow Racing. Now we're going to run heat races to set the starting lineups for the Napa Auto Parts dual qualifying races, a pair of 40 lap events that split the 49 cars into two events similar to what we see at Daytona in February for the 500. That's Friday night. Uh, the top 10 in each of those events advance into the Napa Spring Sizzler on Saturday, which would be 100 laps. Everybody else goes to a pair of non-qualifier events to fill the 33-car field on Saturday afternoon. Plus, all five of the Stafford regular divisions will be in action as well around uh, all of that. So it's going to be a very busy couple of days at Stafford. Looking forward to checking out the action from Stafford on Flow Racing. Uh, before we get to some of the events this weekend, Kyle, uh, some news and notes to keep in, ta keep in mind here. How about the lineup for the Cars <laughs> Tour at North Wilkesboro? I mean, if you were to tell me, I, I, I guess... Should I be shocked? Probably not, because it's a huge event anytime we go race at North Wilkesboro. But Chase Elliott has now entered. We know Kevin yep. Harvick. We know uh, Daniel Suarez now has an entry. And by the way, Chase uh, is going to run Hickory leading into the Coke uh, 600 down here in Charlotte. So he's going completely old school. Uh, we mentioned Kevin Harvick. Of course, all the tour regulars. I mean, this is going to be a must-see event. Yeah, it's a huge week. Um, this is what uh, a lot of the short trackers, most of the short trackers down in the South have been waiting for, an opportunity to open up All-Star Weekend at North Wilkesboro Speedway. Not only do they get the race on the racetrack, but they also get to race some of the, the biggest stars in the sport right now at the, at the top level. And, you know, the entry lists continue to grow, not only for the Cars Tour, but for, for the All-Star Series, the ASA Series that's running on Tuesday night. So, um, it's going to be a massive week of racing down there beginning Tuesday right through the all-star event nearly a week later on Sunday. So um, place looks fantastic. I don't know if you've seen the pictures of the scoreboard that they've, awesome. they've, you know, put back together and, and, and it looks amazing with the finishing order from the 1996 cup race up there uh, to debut the weekend. So it, it's going to be an amazing weekend. Can't wait for it to get underway. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I actually saw on social media, too, they've got like over 50 cars. So they've actually had to cap uh, entries because don't forget, yeah. they still have provisionals, uh, promoter provisionals for some of those cup guys that are driving. And I also failed to mention Brad Keselowski this week yep. mentioned he's going to run. We know Dale Jr. is as well in the Sundrop cars. So uh, lots to look forward to. A lot of fans planning on heading out early next week. Uh, Doug Gardner, prom uh, Gonder promoted to series director of the NASCAR Pinty Series, who has their uh, season opener here this weekend at Sunset. Uh, replacing uh, Sherry Putnam, who retired last season. So new changes uh, both off the track and on the track. Of course, we get set to go. Mark Antoine Cameron, your defending champion. Kyle, one of your favorite series to watch. What can we expect uh, here for round number one? It's it, you know it it's always seems so late in the season that we're kick-starting in the Pinty Series. We have to forget the weather's awfully cold up north of the border. So uh, finally getting this one underway, what can you expect from Sunset? It's probably still snowing up there. Uh, first off, congratulations to Doug. Um, he's been with NASCAR for over a decade now in, in various roles um, in, in NASCAR's regional series. He was the assistant race director last year for the NASCAR Pinty Series, so he's going to do a great job, no doubt. I love Sunset Speedway. I've been able to attend events there. It is a great short track up there uh, in, in uh, just outside of Toronto, so um, 
going to be a great weekend, great series, a lot of new driver team combinations, everyone gunning for Marc-Antoine Cameron, who is last year's uh, defending champion. So should be a great race this Saturday. Yeah, and there's never been a repeat winner uh, there at Sunset, too. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Three wins, though, for Marc-Antoine Cameron last year on his way to the championship. That race Saturday night, 6.45 p.m. You can watch that as well on Flow Racing. Uh, before some of the other races this weekend, the 2023 Advance My Track from Advance Auto Parts, the Advance My Track finalists. Again, the, the track that wins gets that healthy uh, funding to help promote and, and get renovations done or whatever they would need to do for that racetrack. Uh, one of five NASCAR home tracks are going to earn $50,000. So here's the list of the finalists. Adam County Speedway in Corning, Iowa. Alaska Raceway Park. It's been a finalist before in Palmer, Alaska. The Autodrome Grandy in Quebec. Fonda Speedway in New York and Florence Motor Speedway in South Carolina are all gunning for that 50000 You can vote Advance Auto Parts, Advance My Track, and you can uh, do that throughout the summer, and they'll announce those winners near the end of the season. Also, we uh, are getting close, Kyle, to our NASCAR Greatest 75 list being complete this week. Yep. Larry Phillips, Joey Logano, Kurt and Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, the newest ones to be added. I think we're down to two or three left on the list. Uh, what do you think about those added this week? I'm glad Larry Phillips was a part of that list. Uh, it's nice to see the short track contingent represented. Unfortunately, we lost Larry back in 2004, but he's a five-time uh, NASCAR Weekly Series champion uh, from the late 80s to the mid-90s. I believe 96 was his last national championship. So um, it's nice to see, you know, all the different aspects of NASCAR represented. The trucks, you know, we've talked about few of those drivers in recent weeks and the, in the Xfinity series or the old NASCAR Bush series. Um, so now, you know, the, the local folks are represented as well with Larry. So good to see, uh, no surprises really with, with the other drivers that were announced, you know, they're all champions, multi-time winners and in the NASCAR cup series, they've won the sports biggest, great, you know, the biggest races. Um, so, you know, congratulations to everybody. Look forward to seeing a complete list when we get to Darlington here this weekend. That's right, for Throwback Weekend here this weekend. It's in South Carolina. Of course, it's cool if you haven't seen it, go on social media, all the videos of them getting surprised from radio interviews with yeah. his parents from Joey Logano. Kurt and Kyle Bush a little awkward, though, because Kyle got his box first, and Kurt's standing there super awkward, and finally his mom comes out and says, just kidding, you got it too. So uh, kind of cool to watch if you haven't seen those. Check them out on social media. All right, to the calendar this weekend. We mentioned Spring Sizzler going to be busy Friday, Saturday on Flow. We mentioned the NASCAR Pinty Series. ARCA back in action, Kyle, at uh, Fairgrounds, Nash Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway with the Music City 200, 9.30 Eastern start. So drink an extra cup of coffee on Saturday because there's a lot going on. Who do you have your eyes on? Obviously, everybody's going to look at Jesse Love to continue his dominance, but uh, we go to another short track with Nashville. So what do you think? Yeah, you know, Jesse Love, I think, has momentum on his side right now. It's a pretty good entry list. 200 laps is a long way around there. Luke Fenhaus entered as well. I think those are going to be two drivers that are going to be uh, tough to beat over the course of uh, 200 laps this weekend at the National Fairgrounds, one of the great short tracks in this country. And and I'm glad to see ARCA continuing to go there and keep that track kind of uh, on, on a national stage. Yeah, absolutely. We know what they can produce in terms of pro late models and super late models, but oh, yeah. ARCA back on the racetrack. Other races this weekend, we'll click a note, past series at Oxford Plains. We mentioned Nashville Fairgrounds and then weekly all over the country, whether it's Riverhead, Berlin, South Boston, Bowman Gray back in action as well. They've had an incredible start to the season as well. So, uh, Kyle, the options are plenty. I know where you're going to be focused on, and that's everything out at Stafford. 
And you mentioned the past series. Uh, they were in action last week at uh, Thunder Road, as was the American Canadian Tour, which is part of the race program at Stafford on Friday night. So not only do you get the dual qualifying races for the open modifieds and limited late models and street stocks, but you also get the ACT race for 75 laps. And there's 41 cars, I believe, entered for that event. So um, it's going to be a full pit area come Friday uh, at Stafford Speedway. I tell you what, just no matter what it is, between the stuff at Stafford and all the action going on, I'm not going to get any work done out at Laguna Seca for IMSA. I'm just going to be glued to Flow Racing the entire time, and I'm going to have to have five different screens. So good stuff coming up this weekend, Kyle. Uh, Appreciate Doug Kobe for joining us here on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Wheel & Engineering. Best of luck to Doug. Always great time. And, uh, boy, we had a jam-packed episode, Kyle, as we get set for a lot of racing this weekend, including... If that wasn't all enough, NASCAR, again, Throwback Weekend at Darlington. The Motor Racing Network will be your home for all things Throwback Weekend beginning Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern time with the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. Buckle up South Carolina 200. Saturday, cup practice and qualifying in the morning at 1030, followed by the Xfinity Series Shriners Children's 200 at 1 o'clock Eastern. Then, of course, Sunday, NASCAR Live Race Day continues or begins at 2 o'clock Eastern time leading into the Goodyear 400 Throwback Weekend for the Cup Series at three o'clock. Hey, Rick, enjoy Stafford, my friend. Best of luck to you and your team. And uh, we'll see who's going to take home the big money here this weekend. Yeah, going to be a great weekend. Have fun out in California. Hopefully our weather is the same. It's going to be actually colder in California than it will be at Stafford, which blows my mind, but nonetheless sunny both places. So thanks to all of you folks for tuning in as well for NASCAR Coast Coast presented by Wheel and Engineering. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Wheel and is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. For our producer, Pat Jaggers, Kyle Ricky, I'm Chris Willer. We'll see you next time. Enjoy your weekend of racing.